Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm Nikki Bostwick, your host, and today's guest is Ryan Lupberger, who's the co-founder and CEO of Clean Cult, which creates natural household cleaners in zero-waste packaging. Hi, Ryan. Hi. Well, thanks again for having me today. Great to be on. Super excited to connect with you and learn more about your journey starting Clean Cult. Likewise. So what inspired you to get into this industry? Tell me about your background. And also, there's so many statistics out there and you're, you're doing uh, two things at once, right? There's a, this environmental aspect in terms of the packaging, but then environmental and health aspect for ourselves um, as human beings. So I'm really interested in what drew you um, to do that. To yeah. Create- yeah, of course. So, um, you know, personally, I was born and raised in Colorado, so always been you know very natural to my core. When I was younger, used to be a backpacker and skier, and usually spent quite a bit of time outside. And I've always been, you know, in the organic food movement. And my mom used always organic shampoo, and you name it. We were conscious about it, um, but cleaning products never came up, right? And kind of fast forward 10, 15 years, went to business school at Babson, and. Um, finally was doing my laundry, looked at the back of my bottle of laundry detergent and didn't see any ingredients listed. So did all this research to why that was. And it's like, I've always looked at my, my food, my shampoo, you name it. Um, and turns out there's basically no regulation in the U.S. for household cleaning products. So we have the USDA and the FDA, but they don't regulate what goes into our everything personal care cleaning products at all, basically. So you have this really dirty, no pun intended, industry um, that basically has about 1,200 chemicals today that are banned or under review abroad. For example, Europe has much more astringent regulations, and this is just a big gap here in the U.S. market. So Mm -hmm. started to learn more and more about this, a lot of carcinogens, a lot of uncertain chemicals that we just frankly don't know what they do yet. And it was like, okay, I'm going to make a change. So look for the natural alternatives in the market. This is the method, Meyer, seven generations of the world. You know, and frankly, I just didn't love the brands out there, right? Is that they all claim to be better for the world. And yet they used a ton of plastic packaging, to your point. And it was like, okay, this doesn't make that much sense that they're using all this oil, petroleum packaging. And um, that doesn't help the world, right? They're not that green. Then I looked at their ingredients. They weren't that clean. I didn't really understand them that well. Um, yeah. Yeah. to say that <laughs> like not even as clean as you would imagine well totally yeah and it's interesting because i was so excited about them because right the packaging is beautiful and then it was like initially like ah oh, you know i have just some hesitation with the plastic base and then the more i learned about the brands i was like you know i really think there's an opportunity in here both from a home safety from a personal safety and from you know world safety perspective so I tried mm-hmm. all the natural cleaners and i was trying to, to mix my own cleaning products. And I, I didn't have the time or care, frankly, and I didn't do a very good job. Um, so then it was this kind of light bulb. So what if we could create a natural cleaning brand that uses ingredients you can actually understand and pronounce um, the formulas that really cleaned and then with packaging that didn't hurt the earth. So that was truly zero waste. Um, so that was 2017. And um, it's been a long time since there, but that was kind of the inspiration of, of how we got started. Okay, so then from that point, did you find, you know, did you go right into, okay, I know I need to raise money, but I also need to find a lab that'll help me create this and um, do the formulations that's going to be on board? Because I think that's another element to it is you might have the vision, but there are labs that are so set in their ways that are 
what do you mean coconut-based mm. cleaning products? So I'm curious how you navigated that landscape as well. Trying to, did you have to convince a lab or did you find someone that's super aligned and, um, and how, how is that? Yeah. So ours to where we are today has been a really long journey. So the company actually started 2016 when this idea happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, the first thing was, look, branding is bad and cleaning is we didn't have enough resources to build the formulas and build all these different things with labs at that point. So we private labeled a natural pod on the market that we thought had the cleanest ingredients and we launched with a really attractive brand right and that did okay we were successful on kickstarter and we had this little cardboard box that looked sort of okay but it didn't make any sense the pod hardened and uh didn't make any margin sense and we, we essentially failed right yeah. it didn't work at all but what we nailed is that the brand was there is yeah that super resonated with that so then 2017, we had just enough resources to start working with a lab, to your point. Um, and we started to develop, in our opinion, some of the cleanest formulas on the market. It took us about a year. And we launched with hand soap, dish soap, all-purpose cleaner, and liquid laundry. And this time we had the brand, and then we had the ingredients, right? But yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's such an important part of the story, too, because I think that just sharing that part, because you know, people who want to start a company, they, there are so many elements to it. And when you talk about, okay, well, yes, I failed, but I had this brand and you also had, you know, an example with, for your investors, like, look, I've done this before. I brought a, a, an actual product to market. I know what went wrong, but like, I'm someone that's not just going to take the money and not be able to produce something. Like we already have had um, something out there. People love our brand. It's just a matter of getting a different formulation. I think that's totally. super, that's super awesome. Cause then you were able to, you know, decide, okay, we're going to create our own because this yeah. is shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, it wasn't there. So we actually failed again. <laughs> so yeah. it was that once we got the, these great formulas in the market, this great brand, we did another Indiegogo um, we're barely successful, but the issue is that it just didn't gain much traction, right? It was like, people said, the ingredients are good, um, but is that truly a differentiator, right? Yeah. They were like, look, I'm not super convinced here. Yes, I can understand these formulas, but will they clean, right? Like, okay, the brand's cool, but who cares? Yeah. So, um, you know, we were pretty stuck. So that was 2018, and we know we had some momentum, but still it wasn't, it, it, like that product market fit wasn't there. We hadn't really launched. We had just going back and forth of what was our space, and mm -hmm. the, the real complaint was that you have these great ingredients and you have these great, you know, this great brand, but what about the packaging, right? Your whole mission has been able to fix this packaging. Why are you using plastic bottles? And yeah. it took us a long time. And then finally it was like this light bulb went off. It was soap and milk cartons. So basically over a period of 12 months, it was what could be a packaging that could live on shelves that could not change behavior that could reduce all or most of the waste in the cleaning industry. Um, and thankfully, like, and this light bulb came up and we said, what about milk cartons? So basically over a period of 12 months from mid 2018 to mid 20, well, early 2019, we figured out how to do it. And um, it was inc incredibly difficult. So to basically in the US, once you run a non-food product on a food machine, that food okay. machine can never be used again for food. So wow. yeah, so because of that, there were no contract manufacturers in the United States that would that would take us, that would talk to us, that would work with us. So long story short, we had to build our own machine. We had to find our own contract manufacturer. We had to do this. It took me about you know seven to eight months of just being on the road in the U.S. and 
you know, little middle town in the Midwest from <laughs> the middle of nowhere town in the Midwest. Oh and um, then we finally got it. So, you know, Q1 of, of 2019, we launched. We leaked like 50% in these milk cartons because soap attacks. And that's oh what it's meant to do. Because <laughs> it's supposed to clean. Exactly. So, yeah. so oh my gosh. And then the... um. It was one of the, you know, the, the most challenging but also most interesting times is to do this, we had to raise money, right? So yeah. we raised money in late 2018 off the idea of putting soap in a milk carton. Um, but the issue is that what we did is put little packing peanuts in milk cartons and then said, right, this is our beautiful packaging, this is soap in a milk carton, and we successfully raised money. But the issue was that we hadn't actually figured out how to put soap in a milk carton yet. So we yeah. made all these commitments to do this. Well, because it does seem hard right you're exactly. like no, no milk carton people are willing to invest because it's been technically somewhat done before but obviously not yep. oh my God, so then what well so we we finally with all this pressure and investors now on the on the cap table um it was like well we really need to get this done um we have the brand we have the formulas and and we actually had a whole year in puerto rico and that's a, a whole nother part of our story, but we actually moved to the island, hired top-notch R&D, and that's a whole whole other part that I'm happy to, to dive into. But, yeah, um, we'll definitely have to, like, why Puerto Rico? But yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> solve the soap problem first. Yeah, so, so 2018, we, we raised some money, we finally built the machinery, we have our facility set up, we have all this great IP now, um, and this, the, the cartons just kept leaking. So we had 30 to 40% leakage for the first three to four months. Um, we're basically treading water and then finally, finally got there. And it's still a problem now, but we're more or less fixed it. Um, and it just took time and it pulled out quite a bit of hair, um, but worked with just a lot of talented people to make it happen. So, you oh know, 2019 God. was a, a terrific year. 2020 has been even better. And, um, you know, we're now the only company in the world that can do this. And the beauty about our model is that it doesn't require behavior change, right? So yeah. you're seeing like tablets on the market, you see concentrates on the market, and it, they're great products, but our issue is we don't think it's going to be mass market is that we tried to build this brand to reduce as much waste, as much chemicals, as much toxins in the world without asking people to compromise or asking people to do something different. So rather yeah. than a plastic refill, it's a paper refill. Rather than a plastic bottle, it's a glass bottle, right? Still mm -hmm. works the same way, still cleans just as well, if not better. Um, ingredients you actually love and can understand, but you're not changing behavior. And that was our, our goal. So we're launched nationwide CVS now, um, going wow. nationwide in Kohl's. We are launching with a nationwide grocer in about a month here. And I really, um, I think personally, just found a really good niche to to live on shelves, but then also change, well, change as little behavior as, as possible in the industry. Yeah. So, uh, so many questions in there in terms of, um, yeah, I want to hit a, a hit, touch on Puerto Rico, but I also want to touch on being at these retailers like CVS, like Kohl's, what is sitting on the shelves there? It's the milk cartons, but people are still purchasing. Like, do people still get the glass packaging then? Yeah. At yeah. those retailers? Yeah. So what we found in our opinion is a really perfect fixture. So on the left, you have an empty glass bottle. You have then four uh, 16 ounce refills and then four 32 ounce refills. And what it does is creates a beautiful brand block. It encourages the system, right, of the clean cult refill system. And what we found is that people love the bottles. Is I think that it's it's something we've done really well is focusing on design and quality and everything we do. So some people we call them like the Ferrari of, of vessels per se. 
And it's kind of like what Method did in the industry, and they were super successful. They put products that people could be proud of in their bathroom, in their home, in their kitchen. Um, But the issue is that they're plastic, right? So that was that generation. This is this generation. Um, So creating the system that people can love and really get attracted with, and that's how it looks in, in retailers. Hi, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee. I've been a fan of Four Sigmatic for a while now, ever since I met Taro, the founder, at a summit event in Utah, and I could really feel his passion right away for sharing the wisdom behind plant medicines, including cacao and mushrooms. I don't normally drink coffee, but I do occasionally need a pick-me-up. And Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee with lion's mane and chaga is the perfect blend to support optimal brain function without the mycotoxins and mold that's found in regular coffee. All Four Sigmatic products are organic, vegan, and gluten-free, and every single batch is tested in a third-party lab for heavy metals, allergens, bad bacteria, yeasts, molds, mycotoxins, and pesticides to ensure their purity and safety. So you know for sure that you're getting the highest quality coffee and mushrooms possible. I've worked out an exclusive offer for the fullest podcast listeners, and I'm super excited because now you guys can receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic order. So this is the time to try Four Sigmatic's best-selling mushroom coffee or any of their other delicious products. Just go to foursigmatic.com slash the fullest or use code the fullest at checkout. That is F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash the fullest to receive 15% off your order. Let me know how it is. I'm always eager to hear what you guys think. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I also love that you guys don't just do, unless it's changed, but I don't think so. So you don't just do soap. Like you do, you, cause I think some companies, they just do like laundry and then other companies just do like cleaning, but you, you're doing all of that. And I think that's super important because you just want to go to one place to make it simple. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's, we, um, when we were first doing this, it would be much easier to do one product, but you know, the biggest feedback from a lot of our, our communities and our advocates was we want everything is that once they trust a brand and you truly understand the story and the ingredients and the mission, um, they want everything. And one of the most difficult things in this industry is shipping liquid products, right? Because they're incredibly heavy to, to ship. And we're mm-hmm. also carbon neutral in our shipments, which we're really proud of, but it adds cost, right? For so sure. where we've gotten is that we need all these products to make our business work online because without one, you just couldn't ship heavy. So taking a long time to get there as well. Um, but we're in a really nice place now. So, okay. Tell me about Puerto Rico. Why Puerto Rico? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, during this whole time that we're trying to figure out what are the ingredients, what are the right ingredients, how can we make truly clean cleaners, to your point, the labs weren't very good. Um, most of them said we can't do it. Most of them said it's not possible. Most of them said that no one's going to want it. Um, you name it, the excuse was there, right? So we sort of figured out is that you have to develop in-house and partner with like really, really smart people, right? Which sounds um, simple, but at that point, I didn't, I didn't realize it. 
And uh, it was another thing or another need or another resource that we didn't want to invest in. So long story short, we got introduced to this accelerator program on the island of Puerto Rico and fell in love with it. So we actually moved and it was our first grant funding we received as a company, lived in Puerto Rico for about a year. And we got sponsored by both the Puerto Rican Science and Trust, the Puerto Rican Industrial Development Company, as well as the National Science Foundation. And to date, we've hired about seven people full time there. We're increasing our are basically hiring a team on the island. And what most people don't know is that over 60% of the world's pharmaceuticals used to actually be based there. And then in early 2000s, Congress changed that tax loophole. So it was left there with all these crazy scientists, great universities, great partners, um, without as much economic needs or economic development as they should have. So we, we went there for grant funding and we, we continue to have half our team there. We have partnership with the University of Puerto Rico, MyOS. We are getting the next round of National Science Foundation funding. We're sponsored by their, their um, agency um, because of our innovative research and coconut-based ingredients. So it's just been a really interesting side of our story that's it's sometimes challenging to work it into the normal story because everyone's, why Puerto Rico? Yeah, <laughs> you know, why, totally. why does that even make sense? But it's been a really pleasure and joy to, to have it part of our story. Yeah, so do you have your facility there then? We do. We have a lab there. Um, we produce everything in the United States, and um, most of it is design and R&D on the island. Okay, that's incredible. Yeah. So how are you navigating just COVID time in terms, I mean, it's somewhat of a good time, I think, to have like a household cleaning yeah. product. Mm-hmm. I mean. um, but also just in terms of, you know, building a team as a newer company, I'm interested in seeing how... Everyone does it differently. And I think I personally believe that it, it, people can work from anywhere and still connect. Obviously, you and I are having this conversation and I already feel connected and I can't even see you, right? <laughs> but yeah, I'm just curious as the CEO, how are you um, building just the community in your company during yeah. all this? And, and has it changed at all or has it always kind of been this way anyway? Yeah, so we, we were lucky that our team was in two or three separate places before before COVID, right? So we did have quite a bit of experience with remote work. Um, half our team in Puerto Rico, half our team in New York. And now we've actually started an operations office in Tulsa, um, mm-hmm. Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is also a really fascinating, completely new culture to, to navigate. Yeah. Um, so we were lucky in that sense. But COVID's been a really interesting time for us because our team probably has come together more now than we ever have. And um, I think it's because we finally transitioned, right? It was at the start, we were doing all these online, you know, happy hours and maybe a bingo night and like a Monday touch base and a Friday overview and try to get as much face time with the team as possible. And, you know, then I, I think we started transition out of it. It was just much healthier is where, where we've landed is we've started to give people and we always have, but it's been a real transition for us is true ownership in their mm-hmm. different roles, Right. So it's not just management, but it's complete leadership, whether it's art direction, design, supply chain. And it's been, a, again, just so healthy for the team is that once we've given complete ownership to um, the different leaders and managers on our team, there's just been this, this rallying cry around, around our community, around our team. And even though there's less face time, there's much more, more commitment, excitement, joy. And then when we do these, obviously, you know, Monday touch bases. Um, there's just general alignment and it's been, again, I probably the most aligned our team has ever been in this time. Cause it's forced each individual to take real ownership of their different, different role. 
I totally agree with that. We're the same. And I just really believe in giving everyone, you know, the power to build their own schedule. If they want to work in the middle of the night, they can work in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to kind of, you know, be around the same hours. But as someone like myself, I have my son and I'm there during the day, you know, helping navigate. But when he's napping or when he does an activity, that's when I can hop on. And I really have found that it, creates a more loyal, committed team that's just super excited to be working together, but have their own time and space to do things. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I've had the pleasure of working with people on your team just, you know, through our partnership and I love the people (laughs) that I'm connected with. I love Sonia and I think that they, I can really tell that they're committed and passionate. And so I think that's another exciting part about just having a company in general is um, I I took this course before starting my company from the founders of Cafe Gratitude. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a vegan restaurant chain. And they have this course called um, using business as the path to awakening. It's called sacred commerce. Mm. I think about that all the time because people you spend most of their time at work. So why not make it enjoyable? (laughs) Yeah, no, amen. And um, yeah, again, I was born and raised in Boulder and there's quite a bit of focus on spirituality and how do you integrate like consciousness and awareness in leadership? And it's it's difficult, right? Because I think there's a tendency for quote unquote awake people or reflective or conscious people to not be as ambitious. Yeah. Because, and that's always been a personal struggle is how can you bring as much ambition, ambition, you know, KPI focus, growth, fundraising, scaling with awareness and consciousness, right? And I think it's generally, I'm not there. And I think we're, we're it's always going to be a, a journey. But I think part of it is just, again, caring about your team and um, giving them exactly allowing them to lead and being as happy as they can be. But um, for sure, no, it's definitely such an interesting time. So one question I really wanted to ask you was about just having a direct-to-consumer brand and navigating that as you um, go into these larger chains and where your focus is and, and yeah, how you see that as you grow. Like, is there going to be one area where you're going to focus on more or is it going to be equal? I'm yeah. super curious. Yeah, so our, our model lends itself to both. And I think that's always been, we want to be where people shop right? So there's some people on Amazon, there's some people online on Facebook and Instagram, there's some people in retail. And it's probably not all or nothing, right? You're not always a DTC customer, always a retail customer. So from the time we started this, it was how can we create a model that works everywhere? And that's not different price points, and that is clean and clear and easy to understand. And, you know, I think we're there. So for us, DTC is how we started the business, right? We were about a year and a half, two years, essentially just DTC. And it was everything we thought about. And now retail is growing like crazy. So we're going to be essentially nationwide, most marquee retail customers in club, drug, home, natural, grocery um, by next year. And um, then with that, we're going to increase our D2C marketing to support those, right? Because D2C marketing, the beauty is it creates brand awareness and creates more loyalty and gets customers into these stores. So, you know, for us, hopefully the, the two don't cannibalize. You know, yeah. I think the um, there's a tendency in certain D2C brands to have the retail and D2C teams um, go head to head or fight to some extent and yeah. have a lot of conflict. And for ours, we're trying, and I think we've succeeded, is they help each other, right? More retail equals more D2C, more D2C equals more retail. And both of those benefit Amazon. And 
if you have price parity, um, can they work together in a beautiful way and increase brand awareness and, and generally get more plastic out of the world? Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I think that um, the for your particular business, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, people might see it online on Instagram or they might be on your website, but then they then go to the store and then they see it. So then they get to have that instant satisfaction of, you know, checking out and taking it home with them. Yeah. I'm curious, like you mentioned Amazon, do you like, and I do agree that it supports it, but I'm curious if like on your website, do you take people over to Amazon? I'm just always wondering because I think about my own tendency to like whether I buy something off someone's website or Amazon, I think of myself as the type of customer that likes to go direct to the brand. But then I also find myself buying something just because it is on Amazon. So it's interesting. Like how do you, with all your marketing efforts, are you, you know, sending people over to Amazon from your website or are you keeping them on your website because they came to your website to buy yeah. So we're, we're very intentional about trying to keep them on our website as I yeah. think most brands are, and there's more education, there's more brand awareness, there's more integration, just much easier. Right. And people can really feel clean cult rather than feeling clean cult within the Amazon platform. That yeah. said, usually our DDC customers are getting four or five products, right? Is it one hand dish laundry and APC? So Amazon for us is very much a trial driver is that, you know, we're right now ranked on the first page for hand soap. We're doing really, really well there because, again, it's really the only zero waste option on the platform. And mm-hmm. that's great. So people see hand soap, they probably try it at a price that's higher, frankly, than our than our direct-to-consumer site. And it's a really nice introduction. So we view Amazon as essentially a, a validator, I think, from credibility, and then ideally a trial driver that they'll get so excited about the brand that they'll go to our site. Um, yeah. Part of that, I think, is pricing, but part of that is just making sure you have the right storytelling. Maybe you hold back certain colors that are on your site that aren't on Amazon. Maybe it's more scent options on your site and not on Amazon. Um, But Amazon's a great platform, and I think companies that have historically avoided it altogether are now seeing that that probably wasn't the right choice or the necessary choice. Um, Yeah. And there's obviously a balance depends on the brand, but I do think it's, it's time to look at everything holistically. I agree. Yeah. I love all your answers. I love talking to you. <laughs> no, you too. Thanks again for having me here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My last question is really just where do you see your brand going, your industry going? And, you know, I'm assuming you're going to expand into other categories. So I'm interested in hearing, or maybe not. So I'm just interested in hearing more. Yeah. So, I mean, our goal is to be, you know, the, the natural cleaning brand that fixes cleaning. So we want to essentially be in as many American households as possible. We want to be in nationwide retailers in every single category with, with multiple. We want to grow our subscriber base to, to rival the likes of, you know, seventh generation, Mrs. Myers and Method. Um, so we want to be the go-to brand, right? And I, I think we have the right model, the right price point, the right time. Um, so we very much want to grow, and I think we're, we're on track to do that. Everything's working, and we're an essential product at the right price point at a time where people need them. We have a lot of donation programs to support people that can't afford it as well. Um, so we're trying our best there, and I think from, from products, we're, we're much more focused on going deep rather than broad. So mm-hmm. we have now enough products so that someone in their home um, can be satisfied. Um, yeah. That said, I don't think we won't go to the beauty. 
right? I don't think we'll go into personal care. Um, you know, we're really good at cleaning products and we're going to own that space as much as we can. And maybe in two to three years, we'll, we'll think differently. But right now it's, it's everything we're focusing on um, and just growing with, you know, taking out as much plastic and toxins as we can and as many retailers, Amazon and products on our, on our site that we can. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm really looking forward to watching the brand grow. Yeah. Thank you again, Nikki. And congrats on everything you build as well.